Needs improvement. I have to admit, um, I dropped the ball. I had the best of intentions setting a schedule of once every two weeks for a podcast episode, thinking that would be doable, but <laughs> things are always harder in real life, right? So a lot of you probably know that my husband and I bought a project house that we have been renovating, which has been awesome, and we're really excited about it. And we've really been digging in over there. And then work has been very busy for me as well, which is also great. But in all of that, I let a number of weeks go without recording an episode. So I intend to be more diligent and release episodes on a more regular schedule. And this week I had the pleasure of speaking with Ashley Olson. She is a friend of a friend that just has a fascinating story. A lot of it revolving around the last four or so years of her life, um, three of which were spent on a bus, a converted school bus. And so there's just a lot of interesting stories and experiences that she's had. Um, We get into a lot of deep stuff, uh, talk about relationships, compassion, self-love, I think that it is compelling. (laughs) It's also uh, very interesting to hear about bus life. I think we could do a whole podcast just talking about how things happen when you are living on a bus. Without further ado, uh, here is the episode. Do you want me to say your last name? I don't know it, but I can. You can, because my name's Ashley Olson, and there's a lot of Ashley Olsons in the world. Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, I'm here with Ashley Olson. And you'll never find her, even if you try. Never. Um, Maybe my twin. Yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah, that must make it easy to stay anonymous on it, social yeah. media. It, it, yeah, it's really hard for people to find me. So. <laughs> now that I'm, like, hiding out. but <laughs> Silly. So you are my first guest that I don't really know. I put out a call or a a plea, a begging of sorts to the world for more guests. Because I think I know a lot of interesting people, but some people are not willing to come on and talk. And Emily thought that you were a very interesting person, told me a little bit about your life and your history, and I agreed, and you were willing, and I was late, and you're still here. So thank you for all of that. Um, Let's start out and uh, let the people get to know you a little bit. Uh, What do you do for work? I work at Caribou Coffee currently. Okay. As a shift supervisor, training to be manager. Awesome. But I see that you have a Starbucks. Is that against the rules? (laughs) I actually went over there and asked them how they made the caramel macchiados because everyone comes to Caribou to get them. Oh, reconnaissance. How the hell do I make this? Yeah. So. Oh, but then okay. I gave her some of our secrets, too. I probably shouldn't say that over the air. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, they won't know who you are. Ashley Olson, who works at a caribou. Right. There's probably a bunch. A lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. So this is one of my favorite questions to ask. What is your favorite emoji? Ooh. I don't know why the first one that pops in my head was the poop emoji. I don't know why that's my favorite one. Maybe because I mean, it like cracks me up the most, I think. 
do you do you use it a lot or do you just enjoy seeing it i think i just enjoy seeing it that it is actually an emoji that has eyes on it yeah because it seemed you know like why would you put eyes on poop i got a poop emoji hat at the fair a couple years ago that's awesome yeah i don't wear it a lot but it is at my house (laughs) just in case um okay if you could not work for a year, what would you do? Well, I actually had the chance of not working like three or four months at a time. And that's when I lived on the bus and we like drove around and visited all the places we wanted to visit, basically, in the U.S. that were drivable. I think I would want to go overseas now, though, because, okay. yeah, I haven't been overseas in 10 years. And yeah. So travel, by and large, generally yeah. around here, overseas. Mm-hmm. Okay. Meeting we'll, people. We'll definitely get into that later because we are definitely going to talk about the bus life. <laughs> what is your dream job? That's a really tough question because, like, my dream job, like, when I think about what I would love to do, I wonder if I'll like start to hate it if I were to do it. Mm. Like it's my job. Um, but currently I do herbalism on the side of Caribou and I love hospitality. Like I grew up watching Gilmore Girls mm. and <laughs> I secretly wanted a bed and breakfast, you know, I was like, I'm gonna have an in like that <laughs> someday. I did not grow up watching Gilmore Girls, but I've watched it recently in <laughs> nice. my life. Um, it's fun to watch the older TV shows and see just the clothing and the references. Yes. I also am obsessed with how in the 90s, the ideal woman's body type was just like thin, but like (laughs) no muscle definition, just like as thin as possible. And now it's like people work out and go to the gym and cycling and like have definition. But in the 90s, it was just like. How thin can you get? Don't dare put yeah, right. on one ounce of <laughs> muscle. Just like, yeah, it's a totally different but aesthetic. Yet there was boobs, though. Yeah, that's well, the bizarre part. You know. I mean, surgery. I guess that's yeah. That's why you've got to get surgery involved. I'm uh, going to be more organized. That's one of my goals because I never have the list of questions ready. <laughs> so I've just been going off the top of my head. And now I don't want to do that anymore, and I'm trying to uh to pull it up while we're talking. Cool. That's I I mean I got a lot to work on here, but I will pull another one that I know I have off the top of my head. What is a skill that you feel like you have that is not being utilized enough in your life and work right now? I actually was just talking to my partner about this last night because I really enjoy um, spending time with, like, animals and, like, you know, and, like, working with animals that have a lot of anxiety and, like, just helping calm them. And I haven't really, like, utilized that in a long time. So I used to, you know, like, when we are on the road, I worked with, like, some horses and, like, some dogs and cats, and but I haven't really utilized that. Do you have any animals right now? I do. I have three cats. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they were on the bus with us, too. Three cats on the bus. Mm-hmm. 
No one saw me make that face except you, but it was <laughs> a face of horror and disgust. Um, not that I dislike cats, but I certainly don't want three of them on a bus with me <laughs> at all. Oh, things are, of course, things are making noises while we're doing this. Have you ever had a make or break now or never moment? Um, yeah, I felt that before. Usually it's, um, kind of like adrenaline, like junkie experiences, you know, like, am I going to jump off this waterfall or just sit and watch other people do it Uh or, you know, like stuff like that. Um, I don't know. I've been feeling that pressure as I'm like in my early thirties though, too, like the now or never. Like, what can I do? I'm, like, free of, like, kids and, you know, certain responsibilities that my friends and family have. So I'm, like, I don't know. I don't know what they would be. Maybe, like, hiking the Superior Hiking Trail. I've always wanted to do a, a through hike all the way through. Yeah. I, start that. I mean, I think that's, like, definitely the time of life now where you're thinking what are the last things we're going to do without having kids? I mean, I'm just projecting onto you, but yeah. I got married last year and I'm like, congratulations. Oh, I'm 32. And, uh, you and know, those eggs won't last forever. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of pressure from the ladies over there who are gone now to have babies. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, like, you know, there are things that are not going to be possible. Mm-hmm. One forever, just age wise or career wise. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, even going to the fair this year, I'm like, oh, look at all these suckers with babies. Like, right? Ugh, what yeah. a what a nightmare! I just yeah, want to drink and walk around for eight hours. Yeah, I feel bad thinking those things too. I don't know why I feel bad thinking those things, but like, so all of my sister sisters in law have kids. They've got like two kids or three, and they talk about how lovely it is. And then their kids like you know spitting up in front of me or screaming, and I'm just like. I, you know, I'm going to go home and not have to <laughs> listen yeah. to them. But also, like, I think some people think that about animals that mm-hmm. they don't have to care for. Or they can that's go on true. vacation. Um, yeah. Have you ever shoplifted? Ooh, I have. It was, I was 16 years old. Actually, it was the last time. Mm-hmm. I did. Even on the road, I felt like super guilty about you know doing anything like that. But it was tampons. Yeah, yeah, that's not that bad. It was like that's, a necessity. Yeah, that seems like a pretty. <laughs> I don't know. That's like stealing bread to feed your family or something. I... Basically, <laughs> like right. That's not that bad. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna leave all names out of this, but the people involved will know who they are. I recently watched my friend steal an entire Dairy Queen ice cream cake. Oh my <laughs> Not like a personalized one to in okay, to that's someone. A lot it was that's like a lot it was like one of the in stock, you know, they yeah. had a cooler like in case you wanted to just stroll in off the street and buy an ice cream cake. And I have to say, uh I was I was not complicit. I did eat some of it later. It was a little thrilling, and I never stole as a young person because mm-hmm. I was just too like, oh my god, I'll get caught, I'll break the rules. Like, yeah, but as as an adult, I, I it was an exhilarating experience just to be <laughs> awesome. part.
part of the heist of a cake. Um, How did you guys get it out the door? She, she or he. It could be anyone. <laughs> We're not like uh, I guess neutral. <laughs> it, it all happened so fast. I was waiting for my food that I had purchased. I mm-hmm. had ordered and purchased food. Uh, and I saw this person looking at the cakes, and I didn't really think anything of it. And mm-hmm. I saw this person pick up one of the cakes, and I still didn't think anything of it. And then I saw this person just look back and casually walk out with the cake. <laughs> and... Uh, it it was exciting. It was exciting to watch them get away with it and then to have some cake later. It was terrifying in that moment, even though I was not part of it. And even if they had gotten caught, I would still just be a person standing there waiting for the food I paid for. So, yeah. like, I had zero stakes in any of this. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it was I, – I could see – I could see the draw. I could yeah. see the draw of why people mm-hmm. – get caught up in the world of shoplifting mm-hmm. um but you know that's it's probably as close as i'll ever come i hope hopefully that's awesome hopefully <laughs> i i right. mean you never know yeah that's true okay let's do one more i think this one is kind of hard what would the title of your autobiography be Oh man, yeah, that's really hard. Um, okay, the first thing that is like in the forefront of my brain is I talked to my partner about like bus living, and we were like, just don't me- don't mention the P jar, like when <laughs> when you're on air. So I feel like it'd be like I can't believe I fucking peed in a P jar for two years of my life. That is a really <laughs> great title and may also be the title of this podcast episode. <laughs> which brings us to what we have to talk about, which is you lived on a bus for two years. Uh, three years ended oh, up being, oh yeah. Boy. Oh, boy. A converted bus. Mm-hmm. Yes. But not converted enough to have a bathroom. We had a composting toilet. Okay. It was just a bucket mm-hmm. that we would like put organic matter in sure. after we went to the bathroom. But we didn't like want to pee in it a whole lot because it's harder for it to compost with liquids. Oh. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm going to be honest, at some points we were literally throwing these bags of like crap like in dumpsters at rest areas. So I wanted to be conscientious, you know, and. <laughs> not have it be I know smelly. I can only like, <laughs> like ammonia the look on my face I need to have a shield in front of it right now no one else can see it but I can feel it happening but I can't control it I have used a composting toilet mm-hmm. I went to an Airbnb that was like a little cabiny type thing and cool. I found it awful uh it smelled and I feel like they had a sign saying if you used it correctly it did not smell but I yeah did not find that, that to be the case. <laughs> I guess I was not using it yeah. correctly. That's awesome. Where was the Airbnb? Uppsala, Minnesota. Oh, it was. I've never far. heard that before. Yeah, cool. It was far away. Sweet. Uh, did yeah? Did it smell? Yeah, it did. Yeah, but you know, we used like coffee grounds and we had like wood shavings and um, 
we had like the you know the candle you lit or <laughs> the incense that you would light when you're taking a crap so okay so i have a lot of questions <laughs> about really the bus about that. number <laughs> one how did you come to live on a converted bus so we were, uh, let's see, we were 27, 28, and we really wanted to travel, but couldn't afford it really with rent and working constantly. And so we're like, how can we travel like consistently and still afford it? And we saw a bus online. Um, it was really beautiful. It like they like done everything like perfectly on the inside and they made it look easy. And it was not easy <laughs> to do. It took us a long time to convert ours, but we moved in like when it was like semi livable mm-hmm. and that the cats could live in it. And um, yeah, and we just were like, let's just hit the road. And I don't know why like Washington and Oregon was the destination, but that was just like maybe in our minds that was utopia in a way. But were you working at all while you were living on the bus? Yeah. We would uh, we did seasonal work. Okay. Um, we farmed. Uh, we worked for temp agencies. Um, I work in restaurants. Before like before Caribou, I worked in restaurants and stuff. I enjoy baristing a lot better. But um, so I did that on the road a lot. Would help like small like tiny businesses out with as much as I could. Um, yeah. So you buy the bus. <laughs> it's a lot. At what point do you realize it's going to be a lot more work than you thought probably with so we chopped the top of it off uh-huh. and we raised the back half and <laughs> we only had like plywood walls and it was like a, a torrential downpour it had just happened and we had it parked on a street in minneapolis and literally the whole back was flooded like it was like two <laughs> feet deep of water and i was just like oh my gosh this is gonna be an insane journey like I mean, we eventually got that semi figured out, but we always had leaks and mm-hmm. um, we eventually covered the plywood too. And we like ended up rebuilding the back a couple different times. It was mostly my partner because he's more talented in the <laughs> construction side of it. But So I've seen this bus. I don't know if you know this, but I did oh. see this bus. Yes. Briefly uh, parked outside of Emily's house a number of years ago. Uh, I don't know where in the journey that was, but she was like, yeah, my friends are living out of this bus. And I feel like my, I don't know if I understood at the time how long term Mm -hmm. the bus life was, or if it was, I thought it was more just like a RV Mm -hmm. type situation, you know? So you lived full time in the bus Mm -hmm. for three years. Yeah. With three cats and another human. Yep. Uh, sometimes we would park outside of people's homes and mm-hmm. like they let us use their bathroom. Um, this one place we worked at a flower farm and they had like a contract house built on the property and they allowed us to live in there like partially too. So that was kind of a break. Um, we parked outside my great aunt's house in Bend, Oregon for a little bit. <laughs> and like I felt like I, you know, her home was my home. So that was a little different. But So you got some reprieves a little bit. Yeah. Here and there. Uh, what? was the hardest part about living on the bus security actually yeah i think the cats actually i was always worried about the cats 
you know, like we would park somewhere and like so many people were attracted to the bus that I was afraid that someone would want to like get inside and they'd let a cat out. Mm -hmm. And we were moving like so much each day. We're at a different place usually, you know, every couple weeks. Three months was like the longest we stayed at a place. And yeah, that, I think that was my biggest fear. I think if the cats weren't on the bus, it would be a little different. Um, but also like when I was sleeping in there, sometimes there was just weird stuff happening. And some of the spots that we had to park, too, because we were just passing through, were pretty shady. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That would not have been my guess about what is hardest. Uh, how did you cook food? We had, uh, let's see, we had um, a hot plate, I got, like electrical burner. And then we also had a wood-burning stove that we eventually built into it. Mm -hmm. And then we also had a tea kettle... The one, like the electric one that just boils water and, and we had a microwave too, so. Almost a full kitchen. Then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you just have like big containers for the water? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then we would just like, um, when we were at gas stations or anywhere where there was clean water, that was actually surprising to me is there's not a lot of clean water in the U.S. And there's like parts of the U.S. where people don't have any like drinkable water and they have to like either like buy it or they have to clean it somehow like wow. yeah that is yeah that's definitely something i didn't know mm -hmm. why do you no longer live <laughs> what what was the end of the yeah. bus life uh yeah no mentally for me like for my mental health it was like i cannot live on a bus anymore and community i need connection i like being in one spot and being able to build friendships and relationships we were just moving so fast that like we would make relationships and we'd be you know leaving within a month and like I'm still good friends with a handful of people that we met on the road but you know some people I know I'll never see again you know and they're so off grid they don't have Facebook or Instagram or mm -hmm. that I guess that's not super surprising for, yeah for bus life <laughs> yeah do you still have the bus? We do. Yeah. We're going to cabinize it. Oh. So, yeah. And hopefully make it livable for someone else if someone needs a place to stay temporarily. Definitely would not recommend it for anyone in the wintertime. Mm -hmm. It's not really. I mean, it it's drivable. It moves. It's still in pretty good condition, but it's not like cross-country condition anymore. So, yeah. I have grave concerns about whether it was ever in cross-country condition. <laughs> Based on your description, but no. <laughs> Do you? I... I'm trying to think of how to phrase this. Do you regret having stayed on the bus as long as you did? I think I definitely probably extended it a year. I think two years would have been perfect, but that last year I learned a lot about myself and my limitations mm -hmm. and my boundaries, um, and so I'm thankful for that last year. Mm -hmm. I don't regret staying on there for three years, and you know, I miss some aspects of it too, which surprises me some days. Yeah, I, I can see that. I mean, I think uh, I would just never, ever live on a bus, but... <laughs> I I have done a lot of um, traveling uh, abroad and in conditions that I probably wouldn't still currently. And I'm sort of like relating to a lot of that, like, 
how much I enjoy it, but also for me, how hard it is to, yeah, just not have like those permanent relationships Mm -hmm. and to be very far from the people you do have permanent relationships with, even though our world is kind of shrinking with internet and FaceTime and all that, but I I can totally see that, and I think that there's sort of, at least in me, a nostalgia for like, oh, but remember when I was carefree and young, <laughs> and now I have a house, I have two houses, and mm-hmm. lots of things to take care of. So I, I can totally see that. So this is where I veer into territory that I've only heard secondhand. Okay. But did the bus involve a breaking up of your relationship? Yeah, I guess essentially the bus kind of spurred on the breakup in a weird way. Um, It's kind of funny because it brought us really close together. And it's, so it's funny that it did the complete opposite, you know, near the mm-hmm. end of my <laughs> time on the bus. Um, Yeah, we both uh were like, we kind of need a break. I mean, living in that close to quarters yeah. for that long can be like really trying. <laughs> oh, I can't even imagine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like we were like, I mean, we wanted each other to be everything to each other kind of a Mm -hmm. thing, you know, because it was just us, like, on the road and, like, but that's not possible for, like, any human being. No, absolutely not. Expectations of each other. Yeah. And he was actually going to keep traveling on the bus. um, But the, like, synopsis was his conclusion was it's not the same without you. And I was like, no. That's so sweet. (laughs) So... How long did you stay broken up for or whatever, apart, separated? Yeah. We were in separate, we lived in separate places for about a year. Mm-hmm. And we were apart, apart, probably for seven months, six or seven months. Yeah. Do you feel like overall that made your marriage stronger at the end of the day? Or... Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm still trying to navigate like marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, it made me stronger as a person and I can tell that it made him stronger too as a person. Like I just like learned what I like, what I want, Mm -hmm. you know, what I need in a relationship. And yeah, I, and like, I brought that to the table with him and he had his own things too. So it it was nice to see that we were both more independent and like taking more responsibility for ourselves mm-hmm. too, in a way. So I don't know. I honestly don't know like how marriage is supposed to work. Like <laughs> we've been together for like eight years and I'm still like, I still love you and I still like you. So I think this is, <laughs> I think that's good, it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I also relate to that very strongly. I got married a little over a year ago, just a little. And I, like, totally spun out leading up to the marriage, just, like, completely, like, started going to therapy, was, like, I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. it was so many things, but I think a lot of it was just, like, how do I define myself as a married person? And, like, how does that change my life? And, like, just never having seen myself that way. and. I remembered back to this conversation that I had had with um, a friend of mine really late one night years ago. She was texting me and she was like, 
it sounded like she was talking in gibberish, honestly, to me at the time and was just like, you know, I just, of course, love this person and he's my person, but I feel like people have all these expectations of what marriage is supposed to be and this and blah, blah, blah. And I remember just kind of, you know, like consoling her and being like, oh, yeah, totally. But absolutely not like understanding or relating and then Mm -hmm. like flash forward like three four years into the future i was like oh no she was making so much sense (laughs) like she was she was making so much sense i totally get all of this Mm -hmm. now because i think that there's some people who like really take to marriage and then there's some people where it's like oh this isn't really how i ever saw myself and what does my marriage look like versus other people's and Mm -hmm. like yeah yeah. I don't know if any of that made sense to anyone else. Probably not, but hopefully. Oh, I totally yeah. relate with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's hard to navigate. And also, like, trying to, like, keep your, like, own identity, too. Yeah. In marriage. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that, like, you know, only a year in. But I'm already, like, more like, oh, well, like. This is just what our marriage is going to look like, and this mm-hmm. is what other people's marriages look like, and that's fine for them, and this is fine for us, and they can go off and have babies and do that or do whatever, <laughs> yeah. and we're just going to do us over here. Yep. And, um, But yeah, I think it's there's a lot of pressure and expectation, I think, especially for women. Yeah. And I've wondered, you know, I wonder if men have any pressure or expectation, like, Maybe it's just, like, the providing part or being stable or, I mean, I can see a lot of pressure behind that. But, like, just, yeah, like, babies and, like, cooking and all these things that seem archaic, you know, Mm -hmm. from the past. It's, like, why is this still an expectation of us? Yeah, and, and like, there's so many, I don't know, I have just like read a lot of articles about, like, the emotional labor and, like, the woman bearing... Even if it's, like, an equitable split of, like, finances and household work, like, women are still expected to be, like, the planners and the people that are, you know, like, putting the mental effort into, like, what are the kids going to eat for lunch? You know, what's our schedule for the week look like? And, like, managing everything. So Mm -hmm. I think that even if you're not, like, like, I make more money than my husband He's, like, totally fine taking on different roles. I don't Mm -hmm. do the dishes at our house. There's all kinds of things that I feel like are not typical role rover or gender roles. Mm -hmm. But I still do vastly, vastly more work. Yeah. (laughs) Of, like, just, like, our bills paid? Like, is this done? Do we have dog food? You Mm -hmm. know, what are we doing this weekend? Did I get a birthday present for this person? Mm -hmm. And I just feel like in every relationship I know... That's the case. The woman is taking care of the vast majority of those tasks that Yeah. Yeah. Um it's kind of it's kind of a role reversal in our relationship like that, but I don't know if he he'll appreciate me saying this over the, the uh airwaves here, but he has a lot of anxiety uh-huh. though too with it. Um I also do too. Sure. But um he just has like taken some things on his responsibility that I was surprised about but then also to a point though it got to where I was like well I want to make decisions and I want to you know I want to do this and he was like you know he's like I'm not doing this to like overstep you you know he's like I'm counting you in you know Mm -hmm. like your feelings your emotions and then I feel bad about that too because it's like okay I'm expressing my boundaries you know I'm saying 
I don't want to do this or I don't feel comfortable mm-hmm. doing this. You know, and sometimes it has to involve family and stuff too. And it's like, how do you tell your partner, like, I don't really want to spend time with your family <laughs> without oh sounding like an asshole? Like, because <laughs> I'm sure he feels the same way about mine. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I just truly hope that none of my in-laws whom I love very very <laughs> deeply yes I love mine too <laughs> are listening to this uh and I do but um I'm an only child and I have a pretty small family and uh my husband is the youngest of six children mm. and he has a very close-knit family and the expectations uh for time commitment are uh large in my opinion mm-hmm. and I feel like when I try to express this to them they're like no it's not that much but like if we just took like an average if we just pulled people <laughs> it would be very towards the high side mm-hmm. of events um and things and uh yeah that that can be tricky to navigate mm-hmm. for sure because I understand that to a certain degree I just as a partner, like there's a certain amount you just have to suck up and be like, okay, this right. is my buy-in. Yep. You know, like you're not always going to want to do my stuff. I'm not always going to want to do your stuff. Mm-hmm. And then like, but like, where's the line of like, right. Yeah. No, this is, yeah. this is too much. I'm not going to do this. Mm-hmm. So can yeah. you hear when my computer makes noises or is that just me hearing it in the That's headphones? just you. Yeah, I'm not hearing okay. it. Well, yeah. hopefully it's not being heard on the podcast because cool. I can hear <laughs> myself getting emails right now. But, oh, nice. What's the sound for an email? Like, ping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I did a great job with that, but, you know. So now that we know a little about your life, your background, the bus, your relationship, what are the top three things that you are trying to work on? this year trying to improve yeah I kind of wrote them down because, okay you know, I like it yeah. very responsible uh but so my top one was communication with like myself and others being honest and open about like boundaries mm-hmm. and like wanting to hang out with someone mm-hmm. and not using social media as much like using it to network but then actually like meeting someone in person okay that's a very noble yeah. goal. Yeah, it's you know. <laughs> it, so <laughs> is it going well? <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of working, but a lot. So many people communicate over social media, but I did that when I was on the bus, you know. And I'm like, I want to see these people now. You uh-huh. know, that was the first thing when I got back. I was so excited to like see people and be with people, you know, like be with my family who I hadn't seen in forever and just be a part of that. And then now, like, a year later, I'm like, you know, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I'm at where I, I was before you. I went on the bus. Yeah. Like, I love you guys, but I need a break. No. <laughs> but, you know, I want to be in person, though, more mm-hmm. so. So. What's the set? Let's go through them, and then we're going to swing back okay. and talk a cool. little bit more in depth. Uh, So the second one is developing more, like, ritual, like, with traditions that I choose. Hmm. Um, and not like necessarily following traditions and rituals of my family before me that okay. may not necessarily work for me or were toxic. And it's just not like maybe realized yet with certain family members or they're okay living in those lifestyles. And that's totally cool. But I'm 
moving on. So <laughs> I have I have a lot of thoughts about that. Let's hear your third one. <laughs> um, to pursue my passions without fear of what others think. That is a very difficult one. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Kind of. I have a lot <laughs> of. Like I really have a like lot of. No, but I have a lot of thoughts about a lot of them. So. I think thematically, if I'm looking at your three things, they're all kind of like living a more authentic life, Mm -hmm. free from, you know, concern about what others think Mm -hmm. or what others are doing. So that sort of seems to be the overarching gestalt of your (laughs) personal goals. Does that feel like... You're sort of on a personal search for more authenticity, being more... Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of wanting... Yeah, I'm trying to, like, move forward a little bit. You know, I'm kind of living the lifestyle I lived in my early 20s, which mm-hmm. isn't a bad thing. I just want it to be different now, you know, 10 years later. Yeah. Because I don't have kids and the usual things that most people my age do have. But it's kind of freeing in a way, though. You know, I have a lot more time than most people do. You know, there's so many, like movements and I don't know like the like younger kids that are like they're starting like organizations and networking and it's like I'd like to be a part of that you know Mm -hmm. or like helping you Mm -hmm. know I want to always be around people who are younger than me or who think differently than me Mm -hmm. I don't want to become you know I don't want to be like in my 80s just be like oh those young people yeah they think like that (laughs) (laughs) that's not a problem I'm already getting there (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's hard young people Especially people don't know who Aqua is. Yeah. I just like what. (laughs) And I think, I don't know. I I kind of like feel two minds about it when I think about like young people. Because part of me is like, oh, that's so inspiring. They're doing stuff. And then I'm like, oh, they're so idealistic and naive. They don't know the world is just trash. These fools. (laughs) Like, you know, like, oh, you did a walkout. How cute. Yeah. Great. Great for you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I think there are definitely, uh, tons of really great things to get involved in and, um, you know, unjade yourself from participate at the next generation kind of take, yeah, take the lead. Are there any organizations in general that you are like, striving to participate in? Yeah, I actually was, <clears throat> sorry, coffee does that to me sometimes. Oh, um, that's okay. Uh, looking into NAMI, N-A-M-I, yeah, Yeah. Um, mental health resources. Mm -hmm. So I would really like to lead some kind of group or be a part of a group if I'm not, like, at the leadership spot yet. Mm -hmm. I don't Mm want to, like, assume that I'm going (laughs) to, you know, walk in and (laughs) lead a group. My, um, two of my good friends when we were in high school started uh, a joint group with NAMI called Silver Ribbon Campaign for Mental Health Awareness. And as I understand, it is still going quite strong at South High right now. Cool. Um, speaking of kids just kind of, yeah, like taking stuff and running with it. That's awesome. Yeah. So mental health awareness, is that like fall into your third category of passions? Yeah, and it's also very close to me because I struggle with um, anxiety and mm-hmm. depression. 
And yeah, I've struggled with it since I was in high school. You know, I'd have like mm-hmm. panic attacks. Um, my parents said I was just being dramatic. <laughs> and I was like, I don't remember being able to control the outbursts. Yeah. But sure, yeah, that could be drama. I guess it adds drama to the dynamic. But, um, but and then just learning how to cope with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used substances for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And I recently, about a year and a half ago, quit drinking and smoking. And that's been like totally different world. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there. I mean, it's a sacrifice too in some sure. circumstances, but on the, you know, there's a lot more pros than cons for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's for everybody either. Mm-hmm. You know, like stopping yeah. drinking and smoking, and you know, because I use other things substances too. Caffeine. Yeah, I mean, we do both have coffee <laughs> yeah. right here. Yeah, yeah. No, obviously, like I mean, you know, substances have like everything. You know. Caffeine's a drug. Antidepressants are drugs. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, things have their place, but like yeah. using them appropriately and whether or not you can use them appropriately. Do you feel mm-hmm. like, I hate to be like, do you feel like drinking was really a problem for you? Because that's just like, <laughs> were you like, you know, calling people up drunk and yelling at yeah. them? Like, no, I mean, <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is that it sounds more like you didn't really feel like you necessarily were like out of control or had a problem, but it was just like a healthier choice for your life and your yeah. mental health. Yeah, I have a very addictive personality, mm-hmm. so it just made life a little easier for me, and I'll, and also to like focus more too. And I would, I wish it didn't do this because I miss it sometimes. But I would be so severely depressed the next day after drinking mm. that it was, you know, I couldn't really function. Yeah, so that's kind of a bummer. But so that's why. That's most, you know, the main reasons why I did. But I still enjoy hanging out with people who are drinking. Sure. And <laughs> yeah, I'm not like. Yeah. So, well, and I think that that makes it easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, does your partner still drink or use substances? He actually stopped around the same time I did. Okay. Like, maybe six months later than I did. Okay. So that's kind of how he processed our separation, from what I hear. Mm-hmm. When he talks about it, he just started drinking to kind mm-hmm. of numb. And I was like, all right, I've been using drinking to numb. I'm just going to, like, feel all these fucking emotions. Sorry. No, you can swear. <laughs> I swear okay, all the cool. time. Awesome. Have I not sworn yet? That would be a very <laughs> uh, crazy departure. Let me open this back up. Cool. Make sure it's still. Yeah, well, we're still chugging along there. Cool. <laughs> we're still chugging. Um, awesome. So, yeah, I just, I just wanted to feel it all, you know? Yeah. Because I, yeah, I had been numbing for a really long time. Uh-huh. And it hurt and it sucked, but I was able to move on a lot faster, though. That's very interesting. Nice. So, yeah, you kind of hit it head on instead of just mm-hmm. pushing it down. Well, and it was like allowing myself to like be a complete mess, though, too. You know, like breaking down in front of family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it was weird for my family to see me like that because mm-hmm. they'd never seen me like so broken before. Um, but I don't know. They were really. They were really awesome about it, though. My aunt, who I want to, like, say is was so amazing, and my grandma. Mm-hmm. Both of them sat with me and talked with me, and my aunt would just, like, garden with me, and I'd be bawling, and she's just <laughs> like, ah, just let it out. <laughs> like, it's all good. <laughs> so what made you – so you felt all these feelings. You stopped drinking. You sort of processed it. So what made you decide 
to come back together into your relationship? Yeah, that's a really great question. Because it still is pretty new. Um, so we still kept in contact. We had the cats. We called it cat custody. Yeah. So we would share. <laughs> we shared them, you know, six months with me, six months with him. Um, and he was going to travel during the winter time when mm-hmm. I had them. Because that's the hard. That was the hardest with the cats was during yeah. the winter time, trying to keep them warm. Sure. Um, that's why we had the wood burning stove on the bus. Main reason. And, um, I don't know, he just, like, kept prolonging leaving, and we just started hanging out more, and we would just have these really, uh, like, long conversations. You know, we have, like, similar beliefs and similar, um, interests, Mm -hmm. and we would, like, sit and talk for hours, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna really miss this, like, when he's gone, you know, I'm like, Mm -hmm. he's my person that I like to talk to, you know, and... Mm -hmm understands me and we lived on a bus for three years together so sure. I mean, it's we a bonding the same stories yeah. yeah um and one night we just kind of laid all of our shit on the table and we're like is it worth it you know is it worth it to salvage do we mm-hmm. want to do this and we both were like yeah like without a doubt like no- neither one of us hesitated um and we had the moment you know like we were running towards each other <laughs> on the sidewalk <laughs> Like someone play a song. Come on. No. <laughs> that is very like cute. Reunion. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean it hasn't been easy. Well, you sure. know, it's been yeah. And we're actually seeking out like to do therapy, mm-hmm. marriage counseling. Mm-hmm. So So you are legally married, yes. Yes, we are. So there had to be some thought in the back of your mind that this would happen. Otherwise, I assume you would have just got divorced. Like, oh, that we would get back yeah. together? Yeah. Well, we, so we had separated and I was like, we need to get a divorce. We need to get a divorce. Like, let's go get the papers. And that was kind of actually like the push point. Oh, where okay. we were like, are we going to do this or not? Kind of a thing. So, um, it, well, and part of it, too, is that when we got married, I'm a person that's like, like, I'm like, I'm being realistic. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, what if this doesn't work? You know, what if we don't want to be with each other in like five years or so? Sure enough, it was the five year mark that we split. <laughs> <laughs> so I felt like I was, you know, manifesting that into the relationship. Yeah. Like, because I always had that at the back of my mind, you know. And then that was one thing when we got back together. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to assume anything about this relationship, Mm -hmm. you know. But I am going to commit, though. I am going to commit through the hard times, too, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's like, you know, if you're a person with anxiety or if you're a person that goes to therapy. I mean, I think Mm -hmm. that you're always, it's like, you talk about like, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if. And like, the answer is always like, then I'll deal with it. And mm-hmm. that's something that I struggle with is like, what if something goes totally off the rails in my marriage and then I have to get a divorce? And it's like, well, you're a strong person and mm-hmm. then you'll deal with it. But like, mm-hmm. what good does it do you to sit here being like, yeah. what if, what if, what if? Like, it's not, it does mm-hmm. not help literally anything. Yeah. And like, yeah, I think with the marriage, it has to be like, you can't see the future. Mm-hmm. You have no idea. Like, something insane could happen that you could have never possibly foreseen. One of you could lose a limb and it could change your entire world. But, like, <laughs> I don't, I was trying to think of something that could happen that, like, didn't involve one person cheating or yeah. something. 
And I came up, I don't know, you could, it would change a lot if you were in a wheelchair. That's true. Potentially, the other person would have to take care of you. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just saying. Thanks I better have happen. a remote control wheelchair. That's all I gotta say. I know. That, <laughs> I I, I've been at the fair and I've been like, what if I just got one? Just for the <laughs> fair, just to roll around. Yeah. Put like flags on yeah. it. <laughs> I mean, it could be cool, but you know, things could change. So you've mm-hmm. got to like, there's got to be a buy-in and a commitment while still knowing that like the future is uncertain, but like, yeah, you just got to kind of. Roll with it until it doesn't work anymore, and then maybe even come back to it. Who knows? See? Right. Yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, that was one thing I learned is how, like, temporary things are, and even relationships are, you know, and not, like, necessarily intentionally, mm-hmm. but, I mean, there's so many people who come in and out of your life. Yeah. You know, you hope it's not going to be your partner, but it could be. You it could know. be. You, you don't. And yeah. I think that it, I... I'm with you. I find the whole thing very anxiety provoking, but sorry, (laughs) the alternative, I mean, the alternative is just like, sort of like, don't take any risks and just live like a safe, Mm -hmm. like sad, not exciting life and like never make any. (laughs) See, even then though, you could get like hit by a train or something. Yeah. Not taking any risks. Yeah. You know, know. and then you'd be like sad and hit by a train. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know why hit by a train was my example. <laughs> well, <you know. laughs> I was just like trying to think. I think people still drive, right? If they, I guess that is a risk though too. Driving, yeah, risk, yeah, a, a big risk. Yeah. I would think probably much more than getting hit by a train. Yeah, that doesn't. I don't know. Yeah. Um. So I wanted to go back to your second one of new traditions when you Mm -hmm. say traditions do you mean like just in our traditional sense let's say traditional again Mm -hmm. of like what we do on christmas or do you just mean sort of the way that your life functions and works yeah so can i get weird yes okay cool awesome um so when we were on the road uh we hung out with a friend who was a shaman Mm -hmm. for a long you know a good period of time Mm -hmm. And he taught us a lot of, like, he said it was, like, thinking shamanically, mm-hmm. you know, but it was, um, like, being aware of, like, who your ancestors are and, like, you know, like, your past and how mm-hmm. that affects who you are today and, like, being intentional about your beliefs and your actions and the stories that you grew up, you know, telling yourself and, like, how does that affect me every day? You know, like, I grew up with, like, fairy tales of you know like Grimm's like the fairy tales you know but like each one of those stories has a really weird like intentional like moral compass but it's like why do I I don't believe that though Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like so why am I still like living that through my actions kind of thing so I guess that's it like why am I doing what I'm doing you know am I just doing it just to go through the motions or am I doing this because I intentionally believe what I'm doing is going to make me a better person or help someone or affect someone. I don't know. That's kinda... Yeah. Just kind of being more intentional. Yeah. More mindful. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think that that is also like very important for people who have anxiety to be like mindful, present, intentional. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's difficult. Mm-hmm. And we, okay, so since I'm going to, since I started going down the weird path, um, we took ayahuasca when we were on the road, 
and <laughs> like I'm very curious about this. Yeah. I've been very curious about this. Oh, okay. So you've yes. heard. <laughs> yes. I'm okay. familiar. Um, and it, I don't know, it changed the chemistry of like how I think and what I do. I want to say almost like a 180, weirdly enough. And then like actually after I did that, they had like the research coming out on like, you know, shrooms, like helping uh-huh. with depression and like changing people's minds chemically. And I did believe that. I was like, what? You know, yeah, before skeptical. I did this. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it just, it really rearranged how I look at the world and how we're all connected. And it sounds, <laughs> I know that sounds like such a hippie, like, <laughs> thing to say. So you feel like it was a permanent shift for you? Yeah. Like, not just. Yeah. Was it a terrifying experience? I'm too afraid. Yeah, at first I was really terrified because I'm like, where is this going to bring me? But um, I had never felt so loved like really? by the whole universe than that moment of when I was on ayahuasca. And I like have tried to like get back to those moments, like that moment of feeling, you know, just completely content with who I was, completely whole, completely loved, and just being me. Wow. Yeah. Not having to change anything. <laughs> do you want to do it again? I think now knowing more about it, if I were to do it again, I'd want to do it sustainably because I think ayahuasca is being really overly harvested. Oh, and then, I know yeah, about that. And a lot of, you know, I'm like, a lot of people are starting to do it at like raids and stuff. And I really do think it should be guided by someone who's done it before. Just because some people do have some really bad trips and. Was yours guided by your shaman? Yeah, friend? he checked in. Yeah, he checked in on us, like intermittently. Um, did your partner have a similar experience? He actually he hasn't really ever told me. Yeah, it's not weird. Yeah, I like, want to go back home and like ask him about it again. Like purpose, like you, it just hasn't come up, or he's yeah. Been- I mean, he he was like, you know, I felt a lot of similar things as you feeling loved and stuff mm-hmm. um he also got sick right away oh but it was weird it was um him and i and then our friend and she and both of us both the females didn't get sick and only he did which was really bizarre yeah i don't know he took too much or <laughs> did you take differing amounts um yeah we kind of did we were like sipping a tea mm-hmm. you know and like what we were comfortable with sure so yeah and i was like i'm a lightweight with anything so i'm just like i'm gonna take it slow (laughs) i um i am afraid Mm -hmm. it's one of those things i've also heard about like the micro dosing of shrooms um i sorry parents if you're listening which you (laughs) should be because you should support your child in everything they do um (laughs) have only done mushrooms once and I did not enjoy it at yeah. all for all of the reasons that I would have imagined I did not enjoy it mm-hmm. and just feeling out of control and yeah. and so anytime someone's like no you gotta like drink a tea or like do this crazy I'm like oh yeah that sounds <laughs> scary and out of control yeah and I don't I don't want any part of that yeah did you have fear of it being- yeah I didn't know yeah I didn't know like where it was going to take me because I had a lot of things in my life that I was really fearful of. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, in like some dark places too in my brain that I was just like, oh, I don't want this to come back up. Yeah. But it was weird. It like showed me a different angle to it. Interesting. Yeah. And was like, it just showed me there's like so many different perspectives to a thought and to a feeling. Whereas before I'm like, I'm stuck in this. This is where I'm going to be. There's no other way. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, no, I just need to like kind of like seek out something to get like a different perspective or a different, I don't know, routine <laughs> to change. That Well, hopefully a bunch of people don't listen to this and want to do it and make it. Yeah, <laughs> it's not sustainable. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so ha- do it with a buddy. <laughs> yeah, do it. I mean, oh my god, don't do not do it in the woods by don't, yourself. No, don't do any of those things. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, do you have desire to do any other alternative, um, maybe fringy treatments, uh, experiences? I actually. Um, ever since I did that, I had like mushroom tea after that. Mm-hmm. And it was like kind of similar to ayahuasca actually. Oh, interesting. Kind of a similar place. Um, but I didn't do very much though of the tea because I'm, you know, I'm lightweight and also I don't like feeling out of control yeah. either. And it really, like, I heard that it gives you stomach aches too. Mm. And yeah, which no it did. Um, <laughs> but I haven't really had the desire to do that because I'm kind of like still in that world. Which is weird, you know, it like shifted how I see things and I can't really like go back to before. That is, that's amazing. It really like, I don't know what it is about. I should probably have looked, but this week's This American Life that came out yesterday. Yeah. Did you listen to it? No, I haven't yet. Because like the headline was just like, what if someone told you about a therapy that I'll read it right now. What if someone told you about a type of therapy (laughs) that could help you work through unhealed trauma in just 10 sessions? Some people knock through in two weeks. Jamie Lowe tried the therapy and recorded it. And I have really been wanting to listen to this, but I have not had time today. But my thought is that it's, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe microdosing. I don't know. I feel like I've been hearing a lot about that. Because also, like, to give a time frame to something like that, though, too, yeah, could kind of be a little I dodgy. Know. I don't I know. know. Well, I, I'll listen. I'm intrigued. I'll I'm listen, listen and uh, <laughs> report yeah. back. Yeah. My therapist at one point recommended something to me, and then I was like, oh, that sounds scary. I don't want to do that. <laughs> so, but it was like, uh, it, she gave me a sheet about it, and it was supposed to be like, Someone sort of guides you through, like, different, like, traumas, almost, like, to trigger you, almost like exposure therapy. Yeah. And I was like. see what you do triggered. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that sounds terrible. Yeah. Like, (laughs) no, I don't want to do that. And she was like, okay. But sometimes I feel like, yeah, maybe there's so much cool stuff out there, like, the thing with, like, your eyes. There's, like, an eye movement thing. Mm -hmm. And. I don't know. Yeah. Have you, okay, here's my question for you. Have you wondered, like, why there's so many, like, younger people who are, like, committing suicide or just super depressed and going through, like, they're, like, such huge emotions that I don't remember going through when I was young. Like, I remember, like, having anxiety and depression. Yeah. But, like, it wasn't as, like, I don't know, like, 
dire. I don't know if that's the word, but yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I mean, everything seemed big and dramatic and just like, oh, my life. But I I feel like I don't want to be like the Internet. But like, (laughs) yeah, kind of like, yeah. Yeah, like connection, the internet and just like sometimes I think of how like it's pretty hard being a teenager um, and just like a young person in general. And then like imagine social media on top of that. And it's like, wow, that Mm -hmm. must be really hard. And especially like girls and like you're already like have all these feelings about your appearance and then there's like an entire you know half of the internet dedicated to just like putting pictures up of yourself to yeah. make you look good yeah and like there's another interesting episode of this american life about like the social currency of instagram and how like they interview all these teens and they talk about how like okay if you put up a picture like if someone likes it mm-hmm. but doesn't comment that they think it looks good then that means one thing and if they don't comment or like it at all then that's like a whole like social affront and like you must have done something yeah. and if they say this it means this and it was like shocking oh. it was just like so much to worry yeah. about like oh. i just feel like there was like it keeps getting less and less simple to be a young person as the internet Definitely. progresses. Yeah. yeah, I never even like thought of it that way. I had uh, someone I was working with. Um, she's in college. She's 20. She's like, I don't know what it means to not have the internet. And she's like, some days I wish like it never was invented. And I'm like a 20-year-old like, telling me this. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. She's like, I'm jealous that you got to live like without it and with it and like be in both worlds. Yeah. To be able to, like, almost, like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just, there's, like, as many great things, and I, I am very aware I'm not making some, like, new observation about the world. Like, Erica's <laughs> really getting down to, to the ills of the world, and, like, I love the internet. But, like, even just my job, like... When I think, oh, what was it like to be a real estate agent before you had to carry around these big books and, like, look through the map? And that must have been really hard. And, like, as hard as it was to access information, people did not feel like they had access to 24 hours a day. And now people feel like they have access to me 24 hours a day. And it is... um, yeah, just like it just compounds stress, right? So like mm-hmm. you used to have a job and you'd go to it for an X amount of hours a day and then you'd go home and like that was your home life. And yeah. I think like same with school, like you'd go and have social interactions for like X hours a day mm-hmm. and then you'd go home and you'd spend time with your family or just your close friends. And now it's like all the time we have access to like everybody yeah. else. Everybody else has access to us. Yep. And um, yeah, it's exhausting. And then just like back to setting boundaries, like how mm-hmm. I have to work on setting like I had some clients texting me the other night at midnight and I was texting them back because I was like, well, I'm up. I might as well. But yeah. like if I set the expectation that if you text me at midnight, I'm going to respond to you, then like you're always going to think yeah. that you have that access to me, which is mm-hmm. not healthy. And I don't like that's my specific job. But I think in general, like 
there's so little shutdown time for us mm-hmm. now. Like everything's just coming at us all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no wonder why kids are having such a hard time. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh, man. What got you into real estate? Oh, well, uh, I used to deliver pizzas uh, for a long time. Too long. I did many other things. I also went to college and got a full, full-ass real degree uh, at a decent college. And then mm-hmm. I delivered pizzas for a long time. So it wasn't great. Yeah, with uh, you. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And I just, like, I really wanted a job where I could set my own schedule. I Mm -hmm. had a lot of ambitions, like, outside of job and a lot of, like, things that I was doing. And so I needed something flexible. Um, I really enjoy traveling, but also I wanted to make a lot of money. So (laughs) I really just, like, was like, okay, let me pop all these things into (laughs) a computer and see what job it spits out at me. And it was, like, a realtor. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, okay. And I was so, I don't want to say downtrodden, but I will say downtrodden, that I was just like, I don't know, man, like, I'll lose like a thousand dollars maybe if this doesn't work out. Like, yeah, who cares? Like, it it can't be that bad. Mm -hmm. And so I uh, got my license and came here and for like... The better part of a year, I tried to do both delivering pizzas and this, oh, and it did wow. not go well. <laughs> <laughs> That's intense. But mostly, it didn't go well because I didn't do super well in real estate because it was, it's, I think it seems like it would be a really easy job to do part-time because you don't have a set schedule, but if you're only doing like what you need to do you'll never get business if that makes sense mm-hmm. like yeah. um and then so my current boss who I can kind of hear through that wall took over this um office we used to have a different manager technically I don't have a boss I'm an independent contractor but nice the manager cool <laughs> um sat me down and was like just had like a real like come to Jesus talk with me (laughs) and fully convince me to just quit my job and like roll the dice and like I remember almost like feeling a little teary because I feel like it was just this moment of having to like confront like Mm -hmm. I am not living up to my potential like I am delivering pizzas and like yes it's gonna be financially scary but like I've got to quit my job so Mm -hmm. I did. I quit my job and um yeah, I've been doing this full time ever since and there was a lot of time in there was it when I was not making money. I was making negative money. Yeah. <laughs> and it was terrible. Uh but yeah, now it's awesome and I do It's like I feel like now I'm finally at the point that I like was thinking I would be at when I start this like oh yeah like I'll be my own boss and I'll get to travel and I can still make a bunch of money and like yeah it just took five years so you know you too five years from now could be yeah (laughs) real estate agent and there's certainly people who like hit the ground running and like do much better um right away but yeah that was a long answer I'm supposed to be interviewing you oh no I just gave you a very long answer no No, that's awesome what made you decide to be a caribou a barista 
manager on, um, in training. I I don't know. I really like um, I really like being a manager. That's oh. kind of like especially to like young kids. Uh huh. Um, I like to teach and kind of like mentor. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of like college students that work at Caribou. And I love like making coffee. Mm-hmm. You know, like people love coffee. Usually, people aren't super mad. Unless their coffee's made wrong, you know, mm-hmm. or it's really early in the morning. And then it's just like, you know, hey, we have a corner for people who throw temper tantrums. You know, the temper tantrums just like go in the corner. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We don't really put people in the corner. But, um, <laughs> like, I, you know, take a break. Yeah. Like, um, and it's like health insurance. Mm-hmm. And it's really chill, which I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had some really stressful jobs. And I would really... Like and I like doing a lot of things on the side of work, mm-hmm. um. So I'm thinking about getting back into farming next year because that's something that I've really begun to like really enjoy. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and I'm doing the herbalism on the side too. And so it's kind of like if I were to invest everything into my full time job, I wouldn't really like have a whole lot of outside mm-hmm. time. Um, I have done like what I'm passionate about as my job and. It was so stressful. <laughs> it was so stressful. You know, it was like, if I, like, fuck this up, like, you know what I mean? I just felt there was a reflection on myself more so. Maybe I would be, like, a lot more lax about it mm-hmm. now, but. No, I think that sounds very much like how I felt. Yeah, I was just mm-hmm. much more interested in, like, doing other things like podcasts. And now I have an office that I can use for non-real estate purposes. There you like go. Podcasts, so, you know. <laughs> It it works out. But yeah, I think that like for me, it was like the job was never like my main focus. It was like, that's how I make money. Hmm. The other stuff is what I need to find a time and resources for. Yeah. And that's I mean, I think that's the hard part. Resources is like so much like you talked about traveling, Mm -hmm. you know, like. Finding a job where not only do you have the flexibility to travel, but you have money. Yep. <laughs> Which yep. I need to travel places. <laughs> yep. You know? That, yeah. That hence why you lived on a bus. Yes. To, to right? facilitate yep. that <laughs> sort of thing. Like yep. I mean so you have it feels like you're sort of in a renaissance of sorts right now. Mm-hmm. I feel like you're very much like refocusing your life. Is that accurate? Yeah. Yeah. I'd say that. Yeah, trying to find a balance. Um where I feel, like, content, mm-hmm. you know, mostly every day. Like, I don't have to be happy every day. I know that's not sure. realistic. But, um, yeah, where I just like my life, you know. And and if I don't, if potentially we don't, like, have kids, like, being all right with that mm-hmm. and feeling like I still have a purpose, which is horrible to say that, like, women who don't have kids don't yeah, have a purpose. Sure. I don't know why that's such, like, a ingrained thing, but... um. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I, you know, I guess I want to be like eighty and just be like, oh, uh, my life is wonderful. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I mean, and have you know someone to wheel me around in my wheelchair? It doesn't have to be my kid. My yeah. kids probably wouldn't wheel me around in a wheelchair. I know so. that's the problem, right? <laughs> is that you've got to have someone take care of you when you're old. Yeah. My plan is to move down to South America, mm. find a really nice family, <laughs> and then they'll just, you know. So they're just what's me. in it for them what's, i was waiting for the part where like you would give them money or um 
provide them yeah, something. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Yeah, maybe I would, like, be a resource for them. Like, I could help them. I don't know. You know, they probably, they'd be helping me out, so I don't know. Well, see, we'd be, like, family. So it oh, be... I see. I see. I feel like I didn't think this out. You <laughs> have you ever watched the show Ninety Day Fiance? No, I haven't. Because well, there's there's two things that go on on Ninety Day Fiance. One is, uh, similarly aged people. Oh, that's my husband. Oh. Mm. Yes, that's good podcasting right there. Just stop in the middle of my <laughs> sentence and look at my phone for a okay, second. Um, there's two types. One is equally aged, similarly aged, appropriately aged mm-hmm. couples where it is a white man who is not lucky with the ladies in America. Gets uh, white. I'm like elsewhere. already crossed out. I don't know yes. why. But... <laughs> Okay, there's usually someone for everyone. If he's not making it in America, like, no. The second, oh my gosh, and I'm sure they're, like, totally fine. I'm sure there are lots of intercontinental relationships that are not like this, but the ones they find for the show. The second type, though, it's usually where the ladies fall in. Now, these are age-inappropriate relationships where there's an older American woman and a younger uh, anywhere-else man. Oh. Yes. And these, to me, seem a little bit more honest. I feel like the dudes kind of are, like, like deluding themselves a little bit and are just, like, don't really... They're kind of like, oh, no, I'm a real catch. Of course this woman who's much more attractive than me and That's much what it was less supposed socially to be like awkward. Yeah. But the ladies, like, really seem to know the score. And they're mm-hmm. just kind of like, I get it. Like... Look, I'm old. You're not. I've got money. You don't. Like, that's what's <laughs> that's going awesome. on. So and sugar I, mama, basically. Yeah. Right. But, like, I feel like everybody involved knows what's up. Like, mm-hmm. everybody's on the same yeah. on the same page. We yeah. all know it's happening. It's fine. Everyone's consenting. And that's what you need. You need a South American <laughs> young man Hopefully to I'll. just wheel you around, take care of you, and in exchange... You give them some money. You give them a nice life. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I like that. I figured it out for you. I, I like mean, that. now if your husband's still alive, this could be a problem. Maybe I need to get him someone, too. Mm, smart. Smart. Yeah. Smart. Maybe there's a young couple that'll just take care of you both. <laughs> and you can just pay. <laughs> We should just, like, be around, like, tourist cities, too. Or people are like, what the fuck? <laughs> this, like, old yeah. white couple. <laughs> or I guess you could have a kid. But, you I know, don't know, like, which it's not guaranteed the kids are going to take care of you, though. It doesn't. And I think about that as an only child who only wants to have one child. People are like, but don't you want a sibling for your kid? And I'm like, A, no, because being an only child's the best. And B, right? I know many people who don't get along with their siblings at all mm-hmm. like you can have two that doesn't mean they're gonna like each other yeah. also doesn't mean they're gonna like you so yep. you know it's no guarantees yeah. but i got a lot of nieces and nephews so the odds that i'm gonna alienate all of them are <laughs> unlikely that's awesome so um got, yeah. what here's the big question what is the biggest mistake you've made in the last year this was a really hard one because I tried not to regret 
mm-hmm. things that I do. Sure. But it's almost to a fault, you know, because I'm like, oh, it's my life. I'm going to live it how I want to live it, you know. But I think to a certain extent, though, reflection is really key. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't make the same mistakes. Um, I think the hugest one was probably my separation. Mm-hmm. Not communicating what was going on with me. And just kind of writing my partner off, mm-hmm. like, right away, you know? Like, I was just like, I need to get out of the situation. I didn't really give him a chance to, like, speak for himself. And I really, the relationship was a lot about me, which mm-hmm. I realized afterwards. And I was like, that's not fair at all. You know, like, I cared for him a lot, and I thought that that would, like, make up the difference. But it's like, you have to be really intentional sometimes about like, caring for your partner, because, like, he doesn't see the world the same as me, and I just assume that sometimes, um, so I think that was my hugest mistake, was just assuming that he thought certain things, and that he felt certain ways about me, and kind of just leaving him based on that, Mm -hmm. and then it made me think, also, you know, I probably did that with a lot of people in my life, and I wonder if, like, anxiety aided in that, too, a little Mm -hmm. bit, you know, like, being concerned or worried about how other people thought of me, but also being like, screw you, I don't care, you know? But in all that, I was assuming that someone was feeling these things about me. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I can definitely relate to, like, that, like, assumption that someone feels a certain way about you, like a stranger, like, this woman at the fair. <laughs> I keep oh, no, up fair the story. Fair. I love it. Uh, <laughs> I was like holding a bunch of stuff and I was eating and like I she kind of like walked past me and gave me this look. And like I thought I <laughs> this is an insane story. I thought I heard her sort of like oh, give me like a a scoff. And I had processed all of this that I thought had happened in my head in, like, Mm -hmm. one millisecond, and I realized I was, like, kind of making this, like, nasty face at her, and it occurred to me that, like, there is a 50, possibly 50-plus percent chance that I mostly imagined this entire situation, and that, like, all, like, she could have not even noticed me, and this could have been, like, completely... (laughs) Like, not about me at all. Mm -hmm. And I had just, like, already gone into this, like, shitty reaction. And I was just like, why is your assumption that, like, people are just, you know, like, Mm -hmm. thinking a certain way or, you know, like, oh, screw this person. They must be like that. So I totally relate to that. I'm interested. So in your relationship, did you feel, like, similar? You felt like you were just making assumptions about like how he was thinking about you. Yeah, it was um it was actually like thoughts and feelings that I felt about myself that I projected onto mm. him, like negative things I thought about myself. And I think like the underlying like I think like theme of it was that like I'm not worth it mm-hmm. to be in this relationship because essentially I didn't think I was worth it. Uh-huh. Um and so that was part of my journey. That's why like my biggest mistake is also like like not my biggest mistake too like kind of a flip of the coin because I did learn how to love myself mm-hmm. you know and I and appreciate the weird quirks of like yeah my personality and um 
and kind of like just like dig at the root of why do I not think that I'm worth it? You know, because mm-hmm. I think everyone else is. So yeah. why am I not? Yeah. Yeah. Turning that on myself, you know, yeah. and extending the same compassion that I would to someone else. Mm-hmm. And I've actually like begun to like myself a lot more, you know? Sometimes I'll like even like look in the mirror and be like, ooh, I look really sexy today. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, is that kind of weird? Probably. <laughs> No, but. but I think it's it's like so important mm-hmm. to like, you know, I read a lot of self-help type things and like business things and like a big thing is just like gratitude yeah. and like, like having gratitude for your body, like even when it's not what you want, just being like, but you're like a strong body and you mm-hmm. like take care of me and you and just like cha- how changing your perception like even if you don't fully feel it at the moment mm-hmm. yeah is like goes so far to like happiness and success and all of those things and i think so like yeah just being like oh i look good today hey buddy you look good mm-hmm. like but yeah definitely that was i'm sure super appetizing for everyone <laughs> having <laughs> compassion kind of for yourself it's a big thing something that i've struggled with but yeah, why is I, that so hard? I don't, I, because I think for me, it's like, I feel like I push myself really hard and harder than anyone else. And like, also like, I don't ever want to have people, like, I don't ever want to be vulnerable. Like, I don't ever want anyone to see me sweat. Like, I'm mm-hmm. in control. I'm in control of all these things. And that comes from like, so much trauma we truly do not have time to unpack on this but you know like then it's like I feel like I am so compassionate towards others and then I would never and sometimes I try to think like what you're saying to yourself would you ever say that to another human being yeah and the answer is always no right Mm -hmm. like you would never say the things that you say to yourself to someone else because it would be mean and so Mm -hmm. why would you say that to yourself yeah I it's yeah it's a struggle yeah it's like your own personal drill sergeant like why am I doing yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, why am I doing this myself to what end and yeah. you know so I think that's that's definitely have you read any Brene Brown books no I have not I hear that I'm supposed to <laughs> what are they Brene Brown Brene Brown okay and I think she has a new Netflix special but it's all about like self-compassion authenticity and like um vulnerability huh yeah i feel like you would i feel like i'm gonna pass along that recommendation that (laughs) i am not taking myself um but that many people (laughs) i i mean to but it's like you know some things feel like homework i'm like i could listen to a funny podcast and not better myself (laughs) now think about it yeah um so i've kept you much longer than i said that i would but Oh, it's all good. I will say, let's get it light. Let's lighten it up. Cool. I have not fully settled on a name for this, but I think I like frivolous failings. The little things in life that we're trying to be better at that maybe aren't huge, but you know, the things that we're working at. Mine is being more on time. Good one. Although I don't think it's that frivolous, I actually think it's a pretty big problem. But, <laughs> but you know, um, 
you know, when you mentioned the keeping my vehicle clean, right now I have a fruit fly colony, and like I have names for them, so I think it's gotten it's gotten bad. So that's probably one of the small, <laughs> the small. I'm like, oh, do I really want to throw out that like old pair though? Because I'm like getting used to all the fruit flies like gathering around my. Wow, that like is, Medusa, yeah. you know, yeah. like my fruit fly. <laughs> so it is like it's not just like trash. It is like, I mean, I Old guess that fruit. is trash. Yeah, things yeah. that would attract flies. <laughs> yep, it is. Yeah, yep. yeah. I mean, I my car's not great. It's it's not, but I feel like yeah, might be time. Might be time. Yeah, that fruit. I have to clean it tomorrow because my partner and I are switching trucks. So. Mm. Mm. How does when he... I go up north? I'm going up north uh, Wednesday, so how does he keep his things? Um, it's cleanish, mm-hmm. kind of smells. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's got some leaks, so like in his windows, oh. it's a really old uh Ford Ranger. Well, it's a 2001 Ford Ranger, so it's not super old, but it's got really great gas mileage. So that's why I'm taking oh, it up north. Okay. Yeah, I was like, that doesn't <laughs> track with why you would want that car. <laughs> Um, so another thing that I am trying to be better at, um, on the small scale is like, and I think it kind of feeds into the car thing is like not overlooking things so much that they just become a part of the landscape and then like nothing ever gets done about them. Like. There was this dog leash laying on the floor in our house for, <laughs> I I swear to God, it was like two weeks. That's and it awesome. was just like, it was like in a pretty high traffic area. And it just became like, and I have no idea why I didn't just like bend over to pick it up. And look, I'm not the only one that lives there, but it just kind of became <laughs> like, oh yeah, that's the dog leash laying on the floor there <laughs> that like. We just don't pick up. And, like, the place that it goes was, like, three feet from where it was. But I think that sometimes it's just, like, you adapt to your environment. Like, your car can get so dirty that you're just, like, this is just where I live now. This is just what, this is how my car is. We can, like, tie that in with the bus. Yeah. I just adapted to, you know. Yeah, you Sleeping can live in a moving vehicle and pooping in a bucket. You can live with anything. You yeah. can, but I'm trying not to. Yeah. <laughs> There's some things that'll make you more sane in life. Yeah. It's like, I mean, and just like little things like that. Like how, like, what if I just picked it up? What if, and so I try sometimes to catch myself, like, if I'm having the thought process of like, there's a thing, I know it shouldn't be there but I'm just going to ignore it another day to be like, no, yep. put this where it needs to be or throw it in the trash or, yeah, you know, do I have a big planner that has things that I try to mm-hmm. avoid? Cause it happens with things too, where you're like, oh, I want to call Comcast and right. you're just like, yep. Keep going. The chores of life, the chores of life, <laughs> the chores yep. of life. And I can't believe that Comcast is still around. I just have to put that in there. Like, it's so How bad. did they, like, get the Monopoly? I totally thought it was going to be, like, that's like, like, Sony, or I don't know. <laughs> like, you know. I like, I have no idea. They're so... It's... All those companies are so scary. Like, how much of our information they control. 
Yeah. And yeah, there's just like no choice. Like, oh, I guess I could have CenturyLink, but I don't I don't believe that to be any better. Mm-hmm. Like, we have yep. big office here. Uh, I don't know how much we spend on internet and phones, but my guess is many thousands of dollars a month. And like routinely, our internet will just completely go out and they'll just be like, mm, it's down again. It's actually fingers crossed been better for a while, but like for a long time, like just every other day, it would just be internet outages. And it was like, Weird. how much money do we pay you? Can this not get yeah. fixed? But it's just like, well, where else are you going to go? Mm-hmm. Who else are you going to go to? Yeah. You do hotspots on your phone. But that it's not probably Mine feasible for everyone. <laughs> will not hotspot because I have a fully unlimited plan and they don't let you use the hotspot because they don't want you to have unlimited yeah, internet hotspot. that you can give yeah. to other things. Yeah. Which is it's a whatever. Modern, yeah, no. <laughs> modern problems <laughs> like anything else any other little things you're trying to improve um i guess like sitting down and having time to like create i've had things that i've been wanting to hang on my wall for you know months (laughs) just taking the time to do it or like not like thinking of it as so intimidating because i have yeah our walls are like not easy to hang stuff on so <laughs> it's like find the stud and yeah all that. yeah old plaster walls yep yeah i think that that is that would be like one of the first things i would do just to feel like i wasn't living on a bus i'd be like let me nest let me yeah. put things up on walls yeah. let me yeah. enjoy the indoors mm-hmm. the you know my bathroom is like always clean that is one thing <laughs> But I'm like, the bathroom toilet has got to be clean. <laughs> like, since living on the bus. That's the one exception. <laughs> I, like, that is so wild. That bathroom situation. Yeah. We dug holes. We used other people's bathrooms. We peed outside sometimes. It's easier for yeah. my partner to do that than me. Um, we, we were staying at a motel in Las Cruces, New Mexico. That mm-hmm. was the first place we stopped at. And they... They were complaining because they were like, there's this girl who's, like, peeing outside, and we see her, like, the neighbors. <laughs> and, like, the scary part was, like, sometimes they make eye contact oh, with God. me, like, while I'm peeing. And so I'm like, all right, I won't be, like, right outside the bus. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather pee outside than in a jar. Yeah. I mean, I, I got mean, good at aim. But... Oh, I, look, <laughs> I believe it. Sometimes I do it while the bus is moving, too. <gasps> yeah. But I can't eat pickles. Yeah. Because it was pickle jars. Oh, boy. Yeah. Did you guys trade off bus driving? I actually never learned how to drive the bus. Isn't that weird? Oh, it's a so stick shift. Okay. Yeah, and I never learned growing up, and I was so intimidated. I was like, I'm not going to learn it on a bus. Well, yeah. I mean, a bus is a, yeah. that's a hard place to <laughs> yeah. start. I'm sure it was not just yeah. like a super easy modern right. car. Yeah. Like- <laughs> yeah. Like, all of our possessions are in the bus. <laughs> yeah. So he drove. Yeah, he drove all the time. Sometimes we'd have, like, another vehicle on the side, usually mm-hmm. beaters. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'd learn to, you know, i drive those around. So, yeah. Wow. Biked a lot. Yeah. So I, at one point, I was biking, like, 30 miles for work a day. Wow. Yeah. 
that was not sustainable. That only no. like worked for two weeks. <laughs> that sounds like, awful. I can't do this. Yeah. That is a lot. It was in the biking. mountains in Washington. Oh, so it wasn't even flat biking. No, it was <laughs> Yeah. It was right outside of Bellingham. Oh wow. We we're up the mountain road. Yeah. That is I mean, I feel like you could do an entire podcast just like stories stories from the bus. Like three years of Yeah. Bus stories. Years. Yeah. I can't even imagine. <laughs> Eye contact with motel residents <laughs> while you're peeing. Yeah. I'm already Well, like... that was actually one of the trippiest places, like New Mexico was. I didn't think it was going to be, but like outside of like RV parks mm-hmm. and like city, like it is weird. Like desert life is very strange. Like being in the middle of nowhere. I mean, Las Cruces wasn't like the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. but we were right on the, the boundary line mm-hmm. of Mexico. And we were like, our bus was parked on a very main, like, traffic, like, nomadic path that people would use to cut across yeah. the state. So, yeah, we saw a lot of really interesting folks. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So, you have a side business as a herbalist? Is yes. That what you it's not it? quite a business. I've So far, I just kind of share with my friends and... Mm-hmm. um. I've just started to learn how to, like, collect from outside, like, forage and Mm -hmm. stuff. I worked at a mushroom farm last spring Mm -hmm. and learned a lot about, like, just, like, main ones that grow in Minnesota. Um, And so I've been doing, like, some, like, like mushroom medicine. Like, nothing like psychedelic, but. (laughs) Um, Because I really don't want to harvest those. Usually those grow near a lot of shit. Oh, and that's yeah, gross. they're picking up those toxins. Sure. Yeah. That sounds <laughs> so gross. Like, eh, well, I'm not really no into that. Not to. Yeah. <laughs> well, I usually ask people if they have anything they want to plug. Uh full tens of people, possibly even over hundred, listen to this. So you could start your herbalism business. <laughs> sell herbs plug it. to people. I don't know. Yeah. Do you have anything else you do? Um, besides that, hiking. Getting sure. outside, trying to like invest in my hobbies. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I'm gonna apply for a choir. <gasps> that sounds yeah, with fun. My friend, yeah. So yeah. they they can find Ashley Olson in all of the places. <laughs> <laughs> just, hey, maybe next time this year Google. I'll have an actual like website and or I'll be like apprenticing under someone else who's an herbalist. I recommend Medicine Tree Phar- Pharmacy though. It's um in right off of Minnehaha, Minneapolis. Oh, yeah. It's a yeah, it's an herbal pharmacy, but everything's like sustainably harvested either in Minnesota or she knows the person who, who like harvests them. Mm-hmm. Um she does classes and it's really affordable. So like she'll like do, you know, she'll like help people who can't afford to get like a checkup. So, well, look at that. Yeah. I'm using this this huge platform. <laughs> For someone else but see now here's my passion is helping other people grow their businesses because as much as I like talking and everything I'm like a capitalist in my soul so I'm like oh let me <laughs> you don't have a website hmm. let me hold you to that and develop your business with you because I think that you know business can be good too so I'm gonna hold you to getting your own website cool and then I like it come back on We'll talk about more bus stories. We'll promote your mushroom medicine. <laughs> but thank you so much. You truly do not know me and just came and opened up about all kinds of things in your life. And I, 
I think it's going to be very fascinating for people. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Too. And thank you Appreciate for doing it. It's it. nice to process. Yeah. Too. And just I haven't talk. really talked a lot yeah. about it. Yeah. So. <laughs> that is. Oh. oh, I could talk to you all day about this, but I won't because we both <laughs> have to go. So I'm going to open this back up. Is there any last thing that you would like to say to the people? Um. Don't stop believing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. Okay, gratitude. Well, I gratitude. liked that theme gratitude. too that you had going. Yeah. Yep. I like that. Okay. And stop it. That was the episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed talking to Ashley. I will be dropping another episode in two weeks. Or if I end up feeling really feisty, I might drop it next week because I have a really great guest coming up that I'm going to interview tomorrow and I'm really excited for you guys to listen to that one. You can follow the podcast by liking at Needs Improve on Facebook. Also, you can subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and I would really appreciate that. I'm also looking for some new guests to talk to. So if you are listening to me and you think, oh, I know the perfect person, I would love to talk to them. Send me a private message and we'll get that going. Until next time.